Hi, it's Craig Wilson here, and welcome to the Making the Media podcast, and our final episode of Season 2. But don't worry, we'll be back in the autumn with Season 3. However, we are going out with a bang, as in this episode, we're speaking with Peter Russell, who is the Director of Technology for ITV Studios in the UK. His role acts as a key technology partner for the ITV production labels, both in the UK and globally, along with news, sport and group marketing. Peter's previous roles have included Director of Studios and Post-Production and Director of Production Technology at the London Studios and Director of Technology for the breakfast broadcaster GMTV. So he has a huge amount of experience under his belt and knowledge to share. I began by asking him how he had seen technology change in recent years. How my career started and developed remained reasonably unchanged uh, really up until probably three, four years ago. And then I was just enormously catalyzed um, throughout the pandemic time when technology was really leaned on um, to see us go through that very difficult period. Yeah, I think it has changed massively, I think, in that, that three, four period. Previous to pandemic, we were kind of talking about it, thinking about it, planning it. Then we started to roadmap it. And then suddenly it just happened in the space of a couple of weeks and I think that how that is best described for me is I think that it really felt like technology went from a service provider if you like and that's that's probably been a bit mean but you know we were providing a technology service uh, into productions and into studios in order to to make the shows that we did and how that pivoted very quickly was we really stopped becoming that service provider and we became an enabler. You know, we, we suddenly became part of the business uh, in, a, in a much, uh, much bigger way than we, we had done before and embedded in conversations right at the beginning of an idea, you know, in order to work with the teams and understand the brief of that and then sort of bring the technology armory, if you like, in order to, to deliver that through. So it, it, the way that we we were engaged with the business changed very quickly and the services that we, we kind of brought with us uh, changed very quickly and just became part of a natural program, I suppose, rather than you know, another business area they picked up with on the way through to making a show. Do you think that's been a, a positive change? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, massively. I think you know, I'd always striven or strived to have been, uh, to have had that role previous that, you know, we were, just engage with the business. I thought we had so much to offer and so much to bring to early conversations about shows and productions. Um, and it wasn't you know, that we were intentionally left out. It just wasn't a natural part of that stage of the programme making process. Um, for me, you know, that, that was a, a massive win. And one I was really, really keen that we didn't default back out of you know, now, really, once we were kind of through some of those challenges that you know, we, we didn't end up just clicking back to where we were before, that we continued that relationship and that engagement and the way that we work with the business um, as our strategy for future. You know, everything we've done over the last couple of years was amazing, but it wasn't very strategic. And right now feels like the time where we are bringing the best of that couple of years with us and determining how that fits and and enables ITV to deliver its strategy in the coming years in, in lots of different ways, uh, not just uh, programme making, but uh, across all of ITV services as 
as our next you know, five to 10 year plan. You know, how will it feel to work for ITV and what technology will you use in five years time is now a really exciting conversation, much more exciting than the last couple of years, which have been much more firefighty. Sure. Um, I mean, a lot of technology decisions in the past historically have been, you know, to put the best one in the world, that they've been engineering led. You know, so you know, engineering team would go out, assess it, um, you know, a solution, and then perhaps bring that to, to market. Do you think it's now much more kind of workflow driven and driven more by the production team, so they have a much bigger say in actually what's going to be delivered from a technology perspective? Yeah, I think that is probably the biggest change I think that I have experienced over the last couple of years. First of all, we now, you know, the technology can do it. You know, pretty much anything I've been asked uh, over the last couple of years, the technology is there to achieve that. You know, in the past, quite often our roadmaps have been driven by the technology, by suppliers, by the functionality that they're able to offer with the latest upgrade or software or platform or tool. Um, and that you know, has you know, sort of started to determine some of the workflows um, that, that we've adopted because that's what the system and the tool set can do. Um, and for my role, and certainly from that, for some of my team, it was really about understanding the latest offering, working with suppliers, and then you know, bringing the art of the possible, I suppose, to uh, productions in the business areas to say, you know, we, you know, we're now able to offer this as part of this platform, or you know, this has just been released. That has kind of completely turned around the other way around now, that it's now not a case of let me tell you what it can do. It's you tell me what you need and then we can go and build the right tools or put together the right processes that can afford and enable uh, that way of working. And so you know, I, I keep using the, the terminology in ITV that it, you know, this is a pick and mix technology uh, setup where you know, we're not trying to force you know, a, a production A into a workflow that really only works for production B because that's the tool set we have. We are now literally able to build and then bring back down you know, an entire production platform for a specific genre of show uh, for that bespoke purpose. Uh, and I, that, I find it really, really exciting. I, I, it, it does make me smile when I talk about it because it's just such a fabulous thing to be involved in. You know, it, you know, it's not that I've ever had to sort of pitch the wares of others over in the past, but not having to worry about the technology limitations and being able to pretty much deliver with our partners anything and everything that productions want to use and want to do within reason you know it's a fabulous place to be i think and how has that been embraced on the production side of having that kind of discussion i think um again you know, i was wanting to keep defaulting to the last two years but it came originally out of necessity um and you know having to think differently about how we got and maintained our shows on air. Um, I think that that, you know, under sort of the, the banner of breaking away from how we usually do things, it brought with it a new mentality, you know, across the board. You know, this wasn't just the productions or operations or technology. It was all of us, you know, all had to sit down and think differently about our approach. And that um, that time is now echoing through, you know, where we are now and is, is enabled us all to think, you know, slightly differently to where we would have done three, four years before. You know, we all, you know, including myself, have to get out of the comfort zone a little bit. We all know what works and we rely on what works. And you know, for, for regular formatted shows, what did the job last year kind of ends up being the default of what does the job for this year. You know, 
in, in the main, it still does because that's a winning formula, but there's a lot of change around it that we've been able to embed. That is, uh, it's not something you have to sell. You know, it's something that we universally kind of commit to and, 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 and agree to sort of try or um, uh, proof of concept stuff or you know, even just making permanent changes in there. But it, it, it doesn't feel like it's being driven by tech. It doesn't feel like it's being driven by anybody. It just feels like it's naturally part of the osmosis of the last couple of years that we all think slightly differently. It, it's interesting what you said there, Peter, about, about doing proof of concept. I wonder if it's something that we could explore a little bit about that, because one of the things about proof of concept is they might fail. And I'm wondering if, if actually failure is, is just an accepted part of the process as opposed to someone going, oh, why on earth have we, have we done that? I think um, I think our appetite for risk, really, you know, which is you know, part of that proof of concept, again has changed. Um, you know, the, the, where we are going from here has to be different. You know, if if this isn't the time for change, then I don't know what is. You know, and there is an acceptance now. You know, we, we've done um, several, you know, a, a couple of dozen of proof of concepts over the last couple of years. Um, quite a few of them have not worked out, <laughs> um, you know, but we learned a lot from those, you know, and you know, feel, you know, fail fast, I think is the phrase that they use at the moment. And we have done that in those occasions and gone, well, we knew it was a bit close to the edge, but it had to be done. We now know what did and didn't work. Sometimes just those lessons learned is enough for the next time you have a go to be a success. Sometimes it absolutely did not work and you know, back on the shelf it goes and, and we'll dust that off perhaps another time. Is remote working now a part of that broader discussion that you're having about how productions are made? Do you think that's now embedded in this is just how life is going to be within television, that remote working is part of it? Yeah, and it's, you know, it brings with it some positives and negatives. You know, there's some good stuff in there and some challenges in there. You know, the fact that people within productions and operations and technology now have a you know, more flexible life, you know, a better work-life balance. Uh, is great you know that you, know, you can see that with um you know the quality of the work and the ideas and, and creativity that's kind of coming out that that flexible life uh, is affording that more there are some challenges around it from a technology perspective you know, i used to enjoy downtime um in order to get tech stuff done you know, and some of our housekeeping out of the way flexible working means longer hours of you know sort of collective working because you know depending on people's day you know around school collections or you know, whatever it might be you know people might start earlier finish later perhaps do a bit at the weekend in order to get some time off during the week or whatever it might be and so from a, an engineering and support world that's been a bit of a challenge in regards to ensure that we've got the right people available to support you know people using our tools uh, at those kind of times i think there, there is still a bit of a nasty taste of necessity about remote working uh, if I'm honest, at the moment, that you know, it's something that we've all had to do for the last couple of years from necessity um, and how we can sort of build that into the future in the right way, rather than it still feeling a bit like being stuck indoors because you're not allowed to go anywhere. Um, that, that's a difficult. Um, we're working through that you know, now. You know, we're moving buildings in London at the moment you know, and, uh, and across all of our sites. You know, ITV has a smart working um, policy in there in regards to working how you want to work, when you want to work, you know, uh, in, in the way that fits your world as much as ITVs. Um, we're just starting to get a handle on having a proper strategy around that from a technology point of view and where it fits and where it absolutely doesn't. And, and people are very happy to get back onto not necessarily an ITV site, but any site in order to work. 
I think one of the other things that that raises as well, Peter, you talked about flexible working there. The other thing I know that's happened within the industry is a lot of people have reassessed their view of the industry and whether they want to be involved in the industry. And as a consequence of that, competition for staff has increased um, because of the range of skills that are in, involved in television. And I'm wondering if that's something that you've seen as well. Most definitely, yeah. I think uh, it is an interesting time, I think, in regards to attracting talent. Uh, and I'm talking in a technology sense here rather than all production uh, and retaining them. You know, I think you know, everybody has had to sit on plans over the last couple of years and not be able to to move around and, and perhaps do what they wanted to do, even within you know, the business, within ITV, for example. You know, it hasn't. You know, we do do a lot of. Uh, of, uh, of exposure to different areas, you can go and you know go on a short-term placement or join a project in another team or you know whatever it might be in order to get a flavour of you know all of the things that technology does at ITV rather than the area you're necessarily in. That hasn't been possible as much over the last couple of years, and therefore I think people do have a bit of an itch for different um, technology in particular. I think is an area where the skill set um, has changed in regards to the fact that. You know, my traditional competitors, and I won't list them out, but I'm, I'm sure they would know who they were, um, aren't necessarily my competitors now. You know, um, when we have had people um, leave ITV to, to go off to you know, change their careers and do other things, they are not going to companies that would have been on my list you know, five, six years ago as a, as a potential threat to me retaining key talent. Um, and that's that's just because you know, that technology skill set travels much wider as technology has become you know, in such a boom over the last couple of years. Uh, and therefore, you know, there are transferable skills across lots of different uh, industries, not just media. And therefore, that that is uh, quite difficult. I think that's also meant that there are probably more roles than there are people uh, as things currently stand, which means that, you know, um, some of the salaries that are being offered uh, in the external market at the moment and the, the offers that are being made um, are substantial, you know, and that really goes to reflect the fact that, you know, it doesn't matter what part of technology you're in uh, at the moment, it's really difficult to bring those people into your business in order to develop that technology platform for whatever the services that you're offering. So we haven't got an answer for it yet uh, at the moment. Yeah, we're working it uh, through. We realise it's, a, you know, not just a challenge for us, but for the industry as a whole. Uh, and I've been working with others uh, in, in some areas in order to tackle that. Um, I don't think it's going to go away. I don't think this is a, you know, a short-term thing. I think this is here for, here for a good while. Uh, and so how we rebalance, I suppose, the roles that we offer and, and how we develop them uh, is something that we, yeah, we're, we're running through at the moment. We, we talked a little bit earlier, Peter, about how the, you know, the pandemic has driven a lot, of, a lot of different things, remote working, of course, being, being one of them. And, and you also spoke about that, you know, you had ideas and plans perhaps before, but things have been accelerated. Um, an area of where I know that that's been really true is, of course, is working with, in the cloud and mm. looking at the cloud, as again, as a workflow enabler. So I'm interested in your view of how that has changed over the course of the last few years and the kind of things that you're looking to do in the cloud now that you perhaps weren't doing three, four years ago. Yeah, I think the um, the cloud has really enabled yet further global shrinkage uh, for us. You know, it just feels that the world is that bit smaller again, and the cloud really has been enabling us to explore that further. Um, I think your know, key examples of, of you know areas where that's come forward you know quicker than perhaps it would have done previously are you know being able to share work you know or use different suppliers for work or you know being able to get material 
you know, regardless of where you are on the globe. You know, having the material sat in the cloud immediately means that you can start using providers that you've never used before. Or we can start utilising you know, different pockets of ITV in a slightly different way. We're not there yet, but you know, that, that's a consideration that we're having. And by using different suppliers and providers and different talent, I think it, it, it does diversify your output. You know, it does bring new ideas that you, know, you, you haven't necessarily had internally. It does bring a, a fresh set of eyes or a fresh set of experiences um, that means that Everything is just approached in a, in a slightly different way, uh, and I, you know, I believe that's you know to the massive benefit of you know not just just ITV from a technology point of view, but as a whole, you know that the more uh, we spread our wings and the the wider um, uh, opportunity that there is for you know working with us, regardless of your geography, um, has you know has had benefit already, and 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 I think. You know, again, under that the banner of sort of now becoming our strategic future is absolutely firmly sat in that space. There are challenges around it, of course, you know, the, the, the hybrid working, I don't think is going to go away, you know, in regards to the fact there will always be that that on-prem need. Um, I, I still have a slightly probably traditional approach that the closer to live you are, the more likely I am to be on-prem uh, when it comes to sort of play out and, and studio inserts, that kind of thing, you know, having that in the cloud you know, cloud doesn't go down very often, if that's the right phrase, but it's still more than I would like, as in any system. So I think, you know, we've still got you know, some of that to do. I think hybrid is probably going to be here to stay uh, in some of my areas for a good while yet. So while there are new challenges with it, the benefits far outweigh those. And I think they those can be mitigated. I know speaking to, to, to some other, you know, customers and, and suppliers that are involved, that one of the things that they're also now has a higher profile, I guess, is something like a green agenda. So reducing yep. your physical footprint, reducing perhaps office space and things like that. So again, is that something that ITV is looking at as, as it looks to its strategic future? Yeah, it's a, it's a huge part of, of our thinking and has been for a good couple of years. Uh, it, it's always been there for ITV, but I think you know, it's now part of you know, our uh, strategic objectives you know, as, as a company. Uh, from the city to personally, it's across the board in regards to ITV's commitment. Um, interestingly as well, I think that you know, the appetite is hugely there. You know, everybody you know, is an active part in that at ITV. Uh, it's not you know, something that you know, um, is just on our my ITV, our water cooler system of you know, what's going on recently about not, not using plastic straws. It really is taken to heart right the way through. Just going back a little bit to the sort of cloud workflows and things like that, you talked about proofs of concept. Are there some examples that you can talk about about the kind of things that you've been looking to do? Is it is it storage in the cloud? Is it editing in the cloud? Is it you know newsrooms? You know what are the kind of things that you're you, you've you've tried out and perhaps have been a success? Um, yeah, a bit of bit of everything really in in regards to our thinking. Um, you know, we have uh, X number of systems internally. You know, so storage is certainly one that we've been you know, um, giving some consideration to in regards to um, what assets that we would want to put in there and what makes sense to have in the cloud. Remote editing has been you know, a, a really big one. It's uh, remote editing for us at the beginning of lockdown was usually dialing into a machine that was on an ITV site. That wasn't a remote working strategy. That was a necessity. Uh, but the, you know, quite a lot of people have confused you know, remote working with that, basically just dialing into something that exists uh, somewhere in the ITV estate. What we've been really trying to do is move that completely you know, to cloud-wise in order to ensure that you know, 
we can really access it from anywhere with the right backups, the right DR around it, the right security, everything around the cloud is, you know, has a, a, a stronger level of scrutiny around uh, keeping our assets safe and secure. Um, but remote editing was was the first one that we've really got into there. ITV Daytime were um, the, the absolute lead on that uh, in regards to the work they, they've done with Avid and with uh, Microsoft and support partners in regards to getting a, a system properly up and running, which it duly is and has worked very well. Um, that's kind of set the benchmark for where we want to be and the kind of services we want to be able to offer our productions internally. But one of many, I suspect. You know, I don't think that there is, you know, again, one build that's going to work um, for ITV. Even just the, the, the genres of show that we have, you know, as you said, you know, we've got news are in the mix there, absolutely. You know, we've got sport, we've got you know, so many different areas um, that a lot of the proof of concepts have, have started to tailor into those business areas. Um, news already have you know, a, a big piece of work underway in that particular space. Um, our proof of concept initially was a clear up because we'd all had to use whatever we could at the time. And therefore we had lots and lots and lots of different platforms and types uh, of, of capability within ITV. And um, we've sort of brought that together and started to consolidate that in, into, again, that more strategic vision of this is the approved tool from you know, the, maybe the cost of it, um, you know, the, the ease of use or familiarity of use of it. Um, the security that's around it, you know, the fact that we've got a contract and, and a legal agreement in place with that particular company, which therefore means it's you know on the preferred supplier list, that kind of thing. So, so a lot of the proof of concept work has been around remote working, um, mainly focused around edit or view capability. Some of that being studio output, you know, so that you know people who are working from home had higher resolution, low latency capability to see studio out, studio floors that were still running because they were integral to the workflow for that studio, but working from home. Um, some of the proof of concept stuff, I think, will be coming probably towards the second half of this year where we start tailoring that further into where we are heading. What about... I mean, all of us at the moment are looking around and we can see that inflation is an issue for us in our, in our normal lives, never mind what we're doing in, in, in work. Um, so I'm kind of guessing from your perspective that there is an expectation from a budgetary perspective that you still have to deliver what you have to deliver. Um, and so as a consequence of that, efficiency is really important to, to how you're having to work now. So how do you factor all of that into when it comes to doing productions? So that's, I mean, that's always a consistent theme, isn't it? In, in our entire industry as a whole is, you know, how can we be more efficient in, in any production or any uh, tool set or system or workflow that we have? I think over the last, you know, three, four, five months, that's, um, it's still there. It's just slightly changed that because the cost of everything for all of us has gone up you know, so substantially that we are currently in the realms of trying to make the same for the same um, and, and trying to, manage those uh, increasing costs so really the efficiencies we're trying to drive at the moment aren't necessarily about saving uh, anything they're more about maintaining um, what we are doing and, and and our productions in that kind of form again you know, there is there is no one answer uh, to this if there was I would have uh, most definitely put my hand in the air well before now um, but there are lots and lots of smaller things that we're doing I think you know, there is a lot of repeated work that we do um, between companies 
you know, um, that you know, we could all be slightly better at working with one another to simplify processes between us. Um, that's something that we've been working with uh, several other names that, you know, how can we work better between the two businesses? Because, you know, we work a lot with one another. Uh, I think there are you know, background tools that don't you know, impact editorially where, you know, again, we either use third parties for those when we're probably quite capable of doing it ourselves or, you know, regardless if we outsource it or insource it, you know, if we push volume through it, you know, um, we can make um, a saving through that approach. Um, you know, that tends to be more with, with background systems and we've been going through that. So th th there's lots and lots of smaller work streams that we've got running uh, in order to try and achieve that. Lots of challenges ahead, Peter, but I guess from what you said, an exciting time to be in the industry. Yeah, I, I, I think so. You know, I don't know if everyone would agree, but I, I certainly think from, you know, from leading technology for uh, a producer broadcaster as, at this time is a fascinating place to be with how the tone has changed, the opportunities that are out there, the tools that are available um, in so many different ways and so accessible it's without doubt the first time in my career where I don't feel that technology holds any choke on what we need to do or what we want to do to make great shows um, you know it's there it's capable of doing it it's it's proven um, and, and and can be you know, spun up very quickly these days. I haven't got to have, you know, 400 racks all sitting there ready to go and, and, and get the lorry parking spaces ready. Um, you know, it, and, and, and is available in a nature where we can just try it. You know, let's give it a go. Let's see what happens. Even if we dual run on something, if you know, we feel that that's necessary, we can do that. Um, and for me, that is uh, just a fantastic set of opportunities. We've, we've got some stuff we've got to do, you know, as always with these things, there's some sort of some core architecture and, and uh, foundational sides of things that you know, we need to address in order that we can then start building some more of that innovation um, onto those kind of platforms. You know, everything that we had, you know, three years ago, we still have now. Um, and, and that you know, does mean that, you know, we've got some work to do in order to, to move us on into those spaces. You know, artificial intelligence has been a conversation that we've been having in, internally for you know, five, six years. You know, what I'm seeing these days is now close enough for, uh, for uh, usage within you know, our production process. It wasn't five years ago. It absolutely is now. Um, but the, the, probably the most the best part of all of this, I think, is that I now have people that are not in technology coming to talk to me about technology that they've seen, heard of, you know, experienced, know about, read about, have seen on the television, wherever it might be, that they are keen on using, that they are, you know, they're selling to me and saying, let's give this a go, let's give this a try. And, and that is um, golden territory as far as I'm concerned, you know, just fantastic to be able to have those kind of conversations rather than, here come technology again to talk to us for another hour about whatever it is they want to do next. You know, total game changer, I think. And, and, and I'm so um, committed to us not, not going backwards, to us staying, you know, keeping that, that temperature up and running and keeping that pace going. Yeah, there's, I think the other part of that for me is, is that a lot of the things we've done in the past, we buy it, we build it, and then we run it. And it runs for five to eight um, as you all know in uh, in our world and then we replace it and there's not really very much happens between the 
finish the project and the replace. You know, that's not the same in this world. You know, we could be adding functionality, we could be making changes to it, we could be adding requirements to it, we can have a roadmap for it, we can develop it. It's never really done. You know, it, it, it will meet an initial brief, but we can constantly add, build, change, develop, you know, um, that system, you know, forever and a day. Uh, and that, I think, is a, um, a really special thing and, and, and gets me really excited. It's great to talk to you, Peter, and your, your excitement and enthusiasm really, really comes across. Um, there is a final question I ask everyone on the podcast, so I'll ask you. Um, what is it, if anything, that keeps you awake at night? Oh, anything that keeps me awake at night. I think, no, I don't think there is anything particular. I, I suppose um, the one area that you know, does keep me awake is is being able to move fast enough. You know, will we be able to to deliver these things at the speed that's required? Um, because there is such appetite for it. You know, and it does feel that you know, we've everyone has been in a holding pattern personally and professionally for so long that we're now all ready for you know, change and we kind of all want it now and and being able to deliver that in in the way that's needed and, and, and in the right ways and, and ensuring that you know, all of the other due diligence is done such as keeping our assets secure and keeping our you know, systems uh, awake and alive and partnering with the right people with the pace of the desired change, that is probably one of the areas where, you know, does it keep you awake? Probably not, but it certainly nags in the back of my head. I said to Peter after we finished that I thought that was the longest pause anyone has had when I asked that final question. But good to know he enjoys a good night's sleep. And thanks to Peter for sharing his insights. If you want to find out more about how Avid is enabling workflows in the cloud, then check out the show notes where there's a link to our web pages on just that subject, covering areas such as cloud-hosted editing through Edit On Demand. You can also find a link to an article on the future of integrated media production in a distributed world. There is no doubt things are changing. As always, get in touch on social. I am CraigAW1969 on Twitter and Instagram, or email us. We are making the media at avid.com. And of course, please leave a review, like, share, and subscribe to the podcast to get notified when new episodes are out. And speaking of episodes, while we are taking a break, we are not going away completely. We're going to be re-releasing some of our favourite episodes every couple of weeks through July and August, in case you missed them first time round. So you can listen to great insights from senior leaders at companies such as the BBC, the Olympic Broadcasting Service, ABC News and more. Versioning takes up an awful lot of time uh, um, uh, to get those versions right for the audiences who want to interact with it on that platform. Um, so one size does not fit all. Um, we've, we know that, we have learned that, uh, and people, if you just put a big television package online, it doesn't work. It just does not work. The, the Olympics are serious, but they're also a lot of fun. And to try and get that emotion um, conveyed through uh, whatever technology will take us to a consumer, you know, we want them to feel uh, something from watching the content. I think for many years we built broadcast systems that that were built for us 
for us broadcasters because it made us comfortable, made us happy, made us feel like we were in control and we were we were delivering a service uh, to our customers. But truly, sometimes it was built for us. Some great episodes there to catch up on. All that remains for me is to thank Peter and in fact all of our guests who've contributed through our second season. I'd like to thank the rest of the production team here at Avid for all of their help, Matt Diggs, Vin Vandenbroek, Owen Lynch, and also our theme music composer, the fantastic Greg Strike-Chin. But most of all, thanks to all of you who subscribe and listen to the podcast. That's all from me, Craig Wilson, for now, as we close out Season 2 of the Making the Media podcast. Podcast.